Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be joined by a pair of tremendous handicappers in about 15 minutes. Brad Thomas, he does amazing work over at NBC Sports Bet. And then Scott Reichel, he does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. What I love about these guys is not only do they do a solid job of taking a look at the great game of football, as we're going to be hitting upon some NFL and some college football with them, they also branch out. They do a lot of, shall we say, underserved sports. Like, I know that both guys do a little bit in terms of tennis, in terms of EPL. It's mostly going to be soccer in terms of the ancillary markets that we're going to be taking a look at with them. But they do an amazing job there, as I always say. Value is value, whether you're betting some mundane college basketball game, whether you're betting on golf, whether you're betting on tennis, whether you're betting the Super Bowl, it all catches the same. Now, on the Super Bowl, your limits are going to be a little bit bigger. No ifs, ands, or buts about that, but money is money. Being able to find value is what we are aiming to do on this network and especially on this show. So you got you covered there, and it's going to be a lot of fun to chat with them in about 15 minutes. And we're going to try to find you some value in terms of the baseball board as well. Unfortunately, no games for Thursday, so I'm not going to have a DK Nation pick. Don't worry, we are going to be back on Friday because we were just having TBD starters and we were having a little bit of murkiness on that front, so we are going to be back with that on Friday, but 
Let's take a little bit of a look forward as to what we're going to be seeing in the American League wildcard series for game one, because these were the two series that really had set starters a little bit earlier on during the day. It is now known that the Padres and the Mets are going to be trotting out there. Max Scherzer for the Mets, Yu Darvish for the Padres. And right now the question is whether or not the St. Louis Cardinals are going to be going with Adam Wainwright. It's looking like it. I know that there are a few books out there on the East Coast that have already posted up lines for Adam Wainwright being the game one starter, but not quite as set and confirmed as the rest of these, but let's take a look at what we're going to be getting in terms of the early American League game, and that is going to be 945-946 on the betting board. This is game one between the Rays and the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians are the home team trotting out their Shane Bieber, who hopes to have a fever for getting guys out, and Shane McClanahan is going to be on the bump for the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Rays are finding themselves a modest underdog right now. They're between about even money to a plus 110. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Cleveland, I'm finding them as low as a minus 109, as high as a minus 125. And I'd be willing to go up to a minus 132 in this spot. And if you're trying to take a look at a series price, I mean, I really don't advise betting on a series price on either side because if you go with the Tampa Bay Rays in terms of the series price, you're just not going to be getting a lot of value in general because if you just take the plus 110, that you'd win in two out of three games. You make more money even if you drop one rather than if you just bet it on the series price right now to, between a plus 105 to a plus 110. Meanwhile, with the Cleveland Guardians, you're really not laying that heavy of juice. So I would just completely stay away from that. If you're really wanting to get frisky, instead go with like the Cleveland Guardians to sweep at like a plus 220. If you think that the Rays win both games, a plus 320, you can maximize a little bit more value there. But even with that, you'd be able to take the Tampa Bay Rays to win outright in game one, roll that over to game two, and I'm sure that you'd be able to pull out more than the plus 320 that's being offered there. So just stay away from these props in general in terms of teams to be able to win the series outright, the series prices in general. It's just not giving you a lot of value, but I do think that there is some value with the Cleveland Guardians because with Shane Bieber, he's been able to do a very solid job here down the stretch for the Cleveland Guardians. And then on the other side, I mean, the biggest thing is Shane McClanahan just has not looked like himself. The numbers aren't like cataclysmically bad with him or anything like that, but he's been giving up three plus runs. And I believe now three out of his last four starts, he had to leave his start against the Houston Astros about two weeks ago due to shoulder tightness. So you got to throw out the sub 250 ERA, the 11 strikeouts per nine innings, because this guy just doesn't look right in general. Meanwhile, for Shane Bieber, I mean, he has been absolutely tremendous here down the stretch. Nine and three since the All-Star break with a 2.48 ERA pre-All-Star break. He was looking a little bit shaky. This is not quite Cy Young Shane Bieber, but I mean, it's pretty stinking close as he, since the All-Star break, has been getting more around nine strikeouts per nine innings, a little bit more of a modest number in comparison to what he's been able to do throughout his career, but does a very solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, and it's going up against a Tampa Bay Rays team that got two guys on this team that have been able to give you more than 12 home runs this season. Randy Rosarena and Isaac Paredes. And with Paredes, he, guys like a Taylor Walls, Jose Siri, Fadiela Brujan, these are guys that are hanging a 230 or lower, so you don't necessarily have as much there. Now, you do have Harold Ramirez, who's been able to move the line. He's been hanging above 300. Yandy Diaz does have a 400 base. So you do have those table center guys. You do have even someone like Emmanuel Margot, who's been able to do a solid job for this bunch as well. But 
when it comes down to it, I've got more faith in the Cleveland Guardians in this ordeal because with the Cleveland Guardians, you've got five separate guys that have been able to hit above a 275. That's not including the young guy, Will Brandon, who has come up and been able to give this team a nice little spark as well as you've got Steven Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez, Andre Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez, all in that fold. And as a matter of fact, they're up to at least a 280, all five of these guys. And when it comes to Ahmed Rosario, or he's been able to do a solid job as a little bit more of a table setter. Doesn't necessarily walk as much, but Jose Ramirez. North of 125 RBI, 29 home runs this season. You've had Josh Naylor be able to go deep 20 times. He's hitting about a 255. Righty, lefty splits. A little bit of an issue there, but with this Cleveland Guardians team, they are .6 points clear of every other American League team in terms of bullpen ERA since the All-Star break. They have been absolutely amazing. You've got five separate guys that are really posting up I would say a sub-3-1 ERA on Yel De Los Santos. You're able to throw in their Emmanuel Class A, James Karinczak, that great 8th and ninth inning duo. But then you've got Nick Sandlin. You've got Trevor Steven. You've been able to have some good performances from Sam Hentages as well. All these guys have been nails. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, they've been dealing with some ailments in terms of their bullpen as well. You still have Pete Fairbanks along Jason Adam. They've been able to supply a sub-2 ERA. These guys have been terrific, but... Really, ever since J.P. Fireisen went down a little bit earlier th- throughout the season, they've been trying to mix and match a little bit more in terms of this bullpen. They've been able to get a little bit of a sign of life out of someone like a Garrett Clevenger, J.G. Chargois, someone that I do like as well. He spent a lot of time injured. He's been able to come back, but I think that the Guardians have a clear edge in this spot. I think it's going to be low scoring if you've been taking a look at just the weather in general in Cleveland. You've been having a lot of rain delays in a lot of these games. It's been a little bit just, to use a professional term, yucky outside in Cleveland and it is quite a bit cooler. There's just not been a lot of home runs in general hit in Cleveland. So I'm going to be setting my total more around a 6.3 right now. I'm seeing in terms of the totals a six half with a juice on the under. I'm going to see if this goes down to a six because right now the under juice is between a minus 120 to a minus 125. If I had to play it right now, I'd be taking a look at the six half under, but I would rather get like a six over or just be able to get more of a minus 110 juice number in general. So I'm holding off at a 6.5. I am going to be taking a look at an under, but right now the way that things are trending, we might get a 6. And I do like the Cleveland Guardians in this spot. And then let's go with the game that I like over the total, 943-944 on the board. It is the Seattle Mariners. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Manoa is going to be going for the Jays, and Luis Castillo is on the bump for Seattle. Right now, DraftKings, you're finding Seattle as a minus 1 or the Toronto Blue Jays as a minus 140 favorite and between between about a minus 135 to a minus 145 market wide is what you're finding on them. And then with Seattle and between plus 120 and plus 132 is their number with a total of seven. The reason why I do like this seven over is because with the Toronto Blue Jays, I do think that they have been able to awaken their offense a little bit more. And when it comes to this Toronto Blue Jays team, you've got five different guys. They're able to lay out at least 24 home runs this season. Teoscar Hernandez, Matt Chapman, Bo Bichette, George Springer, and Flagger Jr. And other than Chapman, who's been able to provide a 325 on base, all these guys hit at least a 260. And for Luis Castillo, he's been a little bit shakier down the stretch. He had two very rough starts against the Oakland A's of all teams. And while he's been able to do a overall solid job since he's come over to the Seattle Mariners since being picked up at the trade deadline, he's made 11 starts, 10 and a half strikeouts, and what has been remarkable for him is giving up just 2.3 walks per nine innings. That is by far the best that he's been able to do. His ERA is actually a little bit higher than when he's with the Cincinnati Reds. And you may know that Seattle, very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Meanwhile, when it comes to Cincinnati, that is one in which it's just a gong show when you go out there as you just give up a bunch of deep balls in general. And for Alec Manoa, 
He's been a steady Eddie guy. He actually does have a little bit of a better ERA when he has been on the road rather than at home, but overall giving up about two walks per nine innings, 0.7 home runs per nine innings, and that is a landmine that he needs to avoid with the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners, a bottom three team in terms of batting average since the All-Star break, but you've got Eugenio Suarez, who's able to provide over 30 home runs this season, and the team does get back Julio Rodriguez as well. With Julio Rodriguez out of the fold, I'd probably take a look at a seven under, but he means this much to the team because he's really one of the lone guys that are able to move the line for the team. He's been hitting at 285 this season. He was able to still get home run number 28 in the last game of the season against the Tigers. And that answered a little bit of a question as to what sort of health Julio Rodriguez has coming into the postseason. He looked good there. You've got someone like a Ty France who's been able to do 75, but guys like Carlos Santana, a Abraham Toro, throw on their Cal Raleigh. And while Santana and Raleigh have been able to still get 19 plus home runs apiece, both of these guys, along with someone like an Abraham Toro, Dylan Moore, these are guys hitting a 225 or lower. Both of these bullpens have been legitimately solid. Now, for the Seattle Mariners, issues coming into really their last few series because they blew that nine-run lead with their bullpen against the Kansas City Royals. You still have Ben Murphy, Paul Seawald, Andres Munoz, all these guys supplying a sub-three ERA. Matt Brash, since he was removed as a starter and sent to the bullpen, he was been able to do a very solid job. But with the Toronto Blue Jays, Guys like Anthony Bass, Yimi Garcia, Adam Simber. You're able to throw in there Jordan Romano, who's been very solid as a closer. These are all guys giving you a sub-three bullpen ERA as well. So I do think that Alec Manoa has a nice edge in this one. I do think that with the Blue Jays, they should be able to generate enough offense to be able to get this total over. This is really the one that I like over more so than the other totals that we're seeing right now, though, in Mets versus Padres. I'm seeing an opening number of six on that. And when you get to a six... That's getting down a little bit too low. But I do like this total over in terms of Mariners versus Blue Jays. And I do like the Toronto Blue Jays up to about a minus 150. And what else I like is being able to take a look at the great game of football. Scott Reichel over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. and Brad Thomas at NBC Sports Bet. are going to be joining me next to talk about that here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready on all the action. The VSIN season prep guide is available now with strategies and best bets for the season. I get in depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams of players, win totals, daily betting tips season-long trends to watch, plus three things every new NHL better should know. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey betters and those a little bit newer to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season. Get the VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by these two gentlemen. Ryan Thomas, he does great work over at NBC Sports Bet. And then you got Scott Reichel doing great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And gentlemen, it is always a pleasure. And I will lead off with you, Brad, as we've got a Thursday night football game involving two teams that I don't necessarily want too much of a part of. The Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. Anywhere between three and three and a half is a number. I'm seeing pretty much a clean split of threes and three and a half in the market with the total between about a 42 to a 43 with the Broncos being the home favorite. What did you settle on in this game, if anything? Because this is a tough one for me to handicap myself. Yeah, this is a game of star running backs who are out of the game. 
The line moved down from five to four. And honestly, I'm just tired of watching the Denver Broncos play in primetime. Ultimately, if I had to make a bet, it would likely be on the total. Um, Neither team does a very good job moving the ball, and they both don't protect the quarterback. We know that Leonard's out and Garrett's going to be limited if he plays. So that does hinder a little bit of the defensive explosiveness from both teams. But I'd imagine both teams will continue to struggle to move the ball. And the Denver Broncos have one of the worst pace of plays in in the NFL. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's just a relatively grody situation. Right now, if I had to play it, I would take the a three with the Broncos. I would not take a three and a half. I mean, this is just a case in which I would just be playing against the Indianapolis Colts due to their injuries. And I know that you're playing into this a little bit, Scott, because I know you really didn't take the side or total, but you're taking a look at a player prop that I think is a little bit correlated with the injuries. Well, I am, because even though I don't trust either offense, I'll fade one of them. I'll take a Matt Ryan to throw an interception <laughs> at minus 125. I can't believe it's minus 125. You're looking at his numbers, even dating back to last year. Matt Ryan's thrown at least one interception in four of his last five games. He already has five picks this season. He's also attempted at least 30 passes in each of the first four games, and now Taylor's out. You look at the running backs they have now. You have Naheem Hines, who's a projected starter. You have Jackson, who is mostly a special teams guy, or they'll call up somebody from the practice squad. The point is they don't exactly have many good options to run the ball with, and I think that Matt Ryan might have to take even more shots if he needs to since they can't exactly run the ball. And I simply put, think that Matt Ryan at minus 125, I think it's not a bold call to call him a bottom five starting quarterback in the league. We know he makes a ton of mistakes all the time, and he's very loose with the ball, both either through interceptions or fumbles. I'll do what usually works. Bet on Matt Ryan to do something stupid. I'll take him interception at minus 125. Well, that's pretty much the only thing I'm finding value on right now, Scott, as well. So we are in lockstep there. I've yet to fire in on the side or the total, but Matt Ryan to throw a pick at minus 125, I think is pretty darn good value because with having Jonathan Taylor out full, guess what they're going to have to do a little bit more of? Pass it, and that's not necessarily too great. And (laughs) this is also not necessarily the world's greatest of ordeals as well as the Giants. They've been dealing with quite a few injuries, but... Eight points against the Green Bay Packers, I think, is a couple too many. Brad, I think that you're in lockstep with me on this one. Take me through what we're going to be getting in London on Sunday because I think the line is getting a little bit too lofty. Yeah, I think that line's a little bit too high. But if you noticed, earlier today, that line was at 9.5. So anybody who was an early bird and they got the worm before Daniel Jones was announced that he's going to be playing, congratulations. But I still think eight is still too many points. The Green Bay Packers, this is their first time going over to London. And many of their players are young, which means this is probably the first time they've ever been overseas. It's going to be a major adjustment. It's hard for me to sit here and tell me that this already mediocre offense is going to go to London, sightsee, uh, have limited practices, and still be effective. While you have a Giants side, yes, they are limited with the weapons. The only weapon I care about on that Giants team is Saquon Barkley, who looks like the best player in football right now. They're well coached under Brian Dabble, and I think that's going to give them the edge in this game. You'll see a lot of people running to bet the Packers, just like they did last week when they played the Mac Jones-less Patriots, and and you see how that turned out. So give me the Giants. They're 3-1, 3-1 against the spread, and a lot of that has to do with the belief that Brian Dabble has put into this team in the play of Saquon Barkley. Yep, I do agree with you. I think that this is just a number that is a little bit too lofty, and Scott, I don't know if you've got a little bit of a position on this game or not, but 
I just think that this is an ordeal where the Green Bay Packers, they are now much more of a defense-oriented team because the lack of wide receivers are starting to get to the team in general. Aaron Rodgers still doing a good job of not turning the ball over. Sands that pick six that we did see against the New England Patriots. But I think that this is just a case where the Packers should be able to win this game outright. A lot of people are throwing out there the popular teaser of the Bucks and the Packers, which I don't blame them, but I would not be willing to lay the eight with the Packers. Yeah, I can understand that angle. The issue is the Giants are really bad against the run in terms of yards per carry, so there is a chance that Jones or Dylan or both can go wild. But I'm not sold on Green Bay's offense. I think it's pretty underwhelming up to this point. For me, I think if you were going to do a teaser, I wouldn't mind the Giants and the under. I think if you tease both of those and you get a two-pick there, I think that makes a lot of sense because I think we're kind of all expecting a really ugly game, which is why we like the Giants to keep it close. Give me a teaser there with the Giants getting potentially 14 and give me the under as well. I think it'll be an ugly game. The Giants keep it close, but probably lose. Absolutely. I do think that this is going to be a game in which there's not going to be a lot of scoring. And Scott, I know that you've got a little bit more in terms of the college football card this week. So let's go through a game that is out here in my neck of the woods. Lovely Las Vegas as it is BYU versus Notre Dame. Been seeing a lot between three and a half and four in terms of this line and when it comes to BYU and Notre Dame, I am not quite sure why they are playing this game in lovely Las Vegas, but hey, you know what? The locals around here, they are certainly going to be taking it. Are you looking in terms of this one? Because with Notre Dame, been a relatively solid go of it on defense. Offense has left a little bit of something to be desired, and for BYU, they're currently wishing they had Zach Wilson still back in the fold. Well, I do think that Notre Dame has some value here at three and a half. It's something you see a lot in college, both in football or basketball. When the unranked team is favored over the ranked team, what usually happens? Usually the unranked team wins. That's kind of how it goes. But I like the fact that Notre Dame had a bye last week. And I feel like anytime you can get college kids with extra preparation, that usually has a big positive impact. We saw that with Navy, for example, who was awful, had a bye week and somehow beat East Carolina. I just think that it really helps out when you have extra time to game plan for a particular opponent. And yes, BYU still has a very good quarterback in Hall. The issue is if you watch them against Utah State, I really didn't think they looked that good. It was the same Utah State team that lost to Weber by 28, and they were using a backup quarterback. And yet BYU's defense still allowed 24 first downs and 392 total yards of offense, once again to a backup quarterback. I'm not sold on this BYU team. I think they really commit too many self-inflicted penalties or just wounds in general. I like Notre Dame off the bye. I think they'll get the job done. But three and a half might seem like a weird line. I'm going to back what usually works, which is taking the unranked team over the ranked team when they're favored. Yep, and this is just a strange game in general with it being played out in Las Vegas. Obviously, a little bit closer to BYU is located in the state of Utah, but I do think that this is going to be a fun one to take a look at because as we know, Notre Dame fans, they are going to travel, and they're going to travel quite a bit. And San Francisco 49er fans, they travel quite a bit as well. And Brad, I know that you're taking a look at this one as the Panthers. Well, to call it a bad start to the season for them would be <laughs> relatively generous. And they're playing against a team in the San Francisco 49ers, in which they've been able to find their footing thus far. Right now, the 49ers, they're a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. I think that this is getting up a little bit too lofty for me to lay it with the 49ers. But at the same time, I really don't want to be taking the Carolina Panthers at darn near any point until Baker Mayfield is not the quarterback and they can get out of there, Sam Darnold, as well, because I don't trust him either. Yeah, I'm going to be on the 49ers. I'm going to play this cleanup into a touchdown here. I was actually kind of impressed how they adjusted without Trent Williams. And a lot of that has to do with the schemes that they were that they that they drew up. 
And this Panthers team is not very good. Uh, defensively, offensively, the biggest letdown has been the addition of Baker Mayfield. When Matt Rule said he was going to take Mayfield in, you thought he was going to drum up something miraculous. Uh, Christian McCaffrey doesn't look 100%. And most importantly, this 49ers defense has the look of a top three defense. I expect them to get a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield, uh, making him turn the ball over. I like them clean up to seven. This is a Super Bowl bound team if they can just stay healthy. Yep, and I do think that health is going to be very important for the San Francisco Giants moving forward. And it is always important to get in those daily bets as well because you're able to start your morning now with a VSIN new podcast of VSIN Daily Morning Bets that is done by Josh Applebaum every single day. It's taking a look at the biggest games of the day. It's about 15 minutes long, and you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast on that one. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, the list goes on and on as he does an absolutely amazing job there. And these two gentlemen, they do an amazing job of taking a look at markets outside of football as well. As we'll take a little bit of a look at college football with Brad Thomas and Scott Reichel next, but I know they've got some plays on the links, and they've got a little bit in terms of the EPL as well. So we're going to be hitting upon that on the other side here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get in on the football action this season with Hulu Plus Live TV Football Extravaganza. Compete for free for a share of $55,000 in a two ways predicted what will happen in three college football pools and then make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Hulu NFL now to play for free. Hulu Plus Live TV, like cable, only better. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Great to be rejoined by Scott Reichel. Does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Then you've got Brad Thomas doing amazing work over at NBC Sports Bet and we just talked about the sport that everyone knows and loves in the NFL, but as we know, there is money outside of the NFL as we've got the Shriners Open that is going to be going down this week. The Shriners Children Open, obviously a good event just all across the board. And Scott, we're going to lead off with you. I know that you've got a couple guys in terms of some futures for this tournament. Take me through what you're all liking this weekend. Well, I'm assuming everybody's going to like either the top two golfers or top three because it's a little bit top heavy. I'm going to go with one of them. I'm going to go with the defending champion. I'm going to go with Sun J.M. at around nine to one. He won the tournament last year. He's participated in this event three times and he's finished top 15 in each of those appearances. I really don't like taking golfers below 10 to one on the outrights because it's 72 holes of chaos. But I do like him. I think that his skill set and is really just as well balanced overall game really translates well to this overall course. I think 9-1 to one's a decent price, so he's my quote-unquote favorite that I'm taking. And I know that when it comes to you, Brad, you're taking a look at a few guys in terms of some top 10s, top 20s. You're taking a look at derivative markets, so take me through these because I know that you're not going too far from the top of the board, but I know that you've gone away from that big three. Yeah, so there were just too many names that I liked in this tournament to win outright. And when that happens, especially when so many are chalk, you find yourself on the wrong end of a bunch of bad beats. So I went to the derivative market, and the first one, Aaron Wise, top 20. Uh, it's around plus 135. Aaron Wise has the skill set to compete here. He's a great ball striker. Generally, anywhere uh, at a TPC course, ball striking is a premium. He gains a ton of strokes on approach. 
He avoids bogeys. Why is that important? Because at TP Summerlin, it's more important that you do not drop strokes because it generally turns into a birdie fest. This is going to be an easy course for these guys. So you want to make sure they don't avoid bogeys. Next, Taylor Montgomery, top 20 at plus 155 and top 10 at plus 330 outside of the, the major that he played in. He's finished somewhere around six straight top 10s. The uh, KFT grad is, well, he has a great story already, but for those who don't know, he's a UNLV product. And how he does this, he hits bombs off the tee, but he's accurate. He gets his he gets his second shot up on the green. His approach shot's always good, but most importantly, he's absolutely deadly with the putter. He gains strokes in every putting in every event that you will see. And at this course, it has the ability to turn into a putting contest. I'm getting great value for a guy who's scorching hot at his home course. I, I feel like I, I cannot pass up on, on those odds. Absolutely, and I do love taking a look at just more of those top tens, top twenties as well, because we have seen so many guys that. They get so close, and then they just are unable to pull it out. So being able to take a look at that, you provide yourself so much more protection. So I do like taking a look at things on that front as well. And then, Scott, I know you've got a pair of plays in the EPL that is going to be coming up for this weekend as well. You've got one for Saturday, one for Sunday. I know that you go with one side and one total here as well. So you're just giving us a potpourri of a little bit of everything. So take me through what you've got. Well, for the first one, I don't think it's actually on Saturday. I think it's actually on Monday again. But I'm going to go with Aston Villa on the money line at plus 120 against Nottingham Forest. If you're going to give me plus money fading Nottingham Forest, I'm going to thank you for it because I think Nottingham Forest is the worst team in the entire league. But Aston Villa defensively has actually been not that bad. It's allowed less than two goals in four of its last five games. Meanwhile, Nottingham Forest is one of the worst defenses in the entire league. It's allowed at least two goals in each of its last five games. I'm not saying Aston Villa is a great team. They're pretty decent below average or so to speak. But the point is Nottingham is probably going to get relegated. Plus 120 for fading an absolute bottom feeder in the league is really just too much value to pass up for me. Give me Aston Villa on the money line. I love it. I do think that it is always interesting to take a look at those and then Brad, we're going to transition back to football here because we were talking about bottom feeders with Scott there. Let's take a look at bottom feeding offenses. As <laughs> you've got Illinois and you've got Iowa and you've got a total of 36 and a half. Typically a total that is reserved for the Army-Navy game, but nope, it's just Big Ten football at its finest. And, well, I don't think that you're banking on either of these teams lighting the world on fire in terms of the offense. Take me through what you like on this one. Yeah, this feels like a total letdown spot for Illinois. I'm backing Iowa plus three and a half. And this is one of those games where I would tell you I wouldn't play the three. Anytime you have a total of 36, 38, you have to anticipate it's going to be a low scoring game. I have both of these teams fairly even defensively. I have Iowa a little bit rated higher, about the fifth team in total defense, um, total FEI defense. And then Illinois about eight. Uh, defensively. The question will be, can Iowa stop Chase Brown? He's been a madman rush for over 100 yards in every game, and I think that they do enough defensively to keep them in this game throughout the entire game. And we know that Brian Ferentz has a lot of work to do with that very poor offense of Iowa, but if you notice over the last two games, even against Michigan, I was a little impressed. They're getting the ball out of Peter's hand a little bit faster, allowing them to create more explosive plays and, and not really put the pressure on Petras and allow them to compete in games. So I think they actually upset in this game as a huge letdown spot for uh, Illinois after they just had that 34 to 10 victory in Madison we just talked about. Yep. And with Brett Bielema, 
It's so funny because he used to be the Wisconsin coach, and then he put Paul Chris out of a job at Wisconsin yeah. as well after two rushing yards from the great state of Wisconsin. Their team, that's just that's just really, really <laughs> sad. So we're going to get away from that as quickly as humanly possible. And, Scott, we're going to take a look at the Mountain West, and that's a very good way to be able to get away from that, as I know that you're taking a look at Utah State versus Air Force. We were talking about Wisconsin not playing so well. Well, Utah State... They're saying, hold my beer because, well, it's not going well for them. Take me through this one because this is a total that, like I said, with the last game, typically it's the military institutes have the total of 36.5. You've got a little bit of a higher one here in 54.5, but I think that I know where you're going, and I think that it's with the team not named Utah State. Uh, That is correct. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. I'm going to go with Air Force minus 10. Utah State lost each of the last four games by at least 10 Air Force, if you want to go through some rushing numbers, of course, they're incredible, but you might not know just how incredible they actually are. Air Force is averaging 328.3 rushing yards per game against FBS opponents of the season, which ranks number one in the nation. And Utah State is allowing 186.5 rushing yards per game against FBS competition, which ranks 99th in the nation. In other words, Air Force are really good at running the ball. Utah State, not really good at stopping it. And we know Utah State used the backup quarterback against BYU. Even if Bonner does come back, he's an interception machine. I think Air Force, after a nail-biter win there against Navy, those games are always close. I'm not going to overreact to it. I just think Air Force has too many options in the triple option for Utah State's rush defense to contain it. And I think as a result, Air Force gets a solid win in conference play and potentially wins by 14 plus. But 10 seems a little bit low for an elite rush offense against a very underwhelming rush defense. Yep, and for Utah State, how the mighty have fallen. They were very good in the Mountain West last season and they have come up snake eyes this season. And last hour on the Greg Peterson Experience, I did a little bit of a college basketball preview. And no, it is not college basketball season quite yet, but we're talking about Duke. So... And we're talking about Duke as a favorite as well, which is something that we don't do very often in college football. And Brad, I know you've got a position in terms of Duke versus Georgia Tech, a game which Duke, they opened up in a lot of spots right around about a three-point favorite. I'm now seeing three and a half across the board. Does that put you off this game or you willing to go with Duke with three and a hook laying it? No, I'm totally fine with three and a hook. I had Duke as a five-point favorite in this game. A lot of that line, early line movement was the overreaction to Georgia Tech uh, beating Pitt last game. But that was a lot of, I don't want to say luck because that's unfair to the players, but there was a lot of good circumstances that happened to uh, Georgia Tech in that game. They created three turnovers. Their offense was lackluster. They had some big runs on the ground. So if you're box box score checking, it probably looked like they played a lot better than they did. They can't move the ball. They're inefficient. Their offense under Sims is just not good. Against this Duke side, who, what a crazy world. We're betting on teams like Duke and Kansas and college football. A Duke side who's efficient offensively, and they're good enough defensively to limit the amount of scores that Georgia Tech gets. I'm okay with taking Duke here. This is another team that's going to have a letdown spot in Georgia Tech. Second game under the new head coach after a massive win over Pitt. Now they have to come back down to reality and play an efficient offense and keep up in a possible shootout. I don't think that's going to happen. And you're mentioning Georgia Tech with the coaching change as well. I mean, man, it feels like one power six coach is getting fired every week in college football. (laughs) It's just absolutely wild. And well, fortunately, there's one college football team we don't have to worry about. Gonzaga has yet to launch your college football team. So we won't be looking at laying the points with them, but I'm always... (laughs) 
happy to be able to talk with you two gentlemen. Scott, you do great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Brad, over at NBC Sports Bet. Always a pleasure, my friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Always great to be joined by Brad and Scott. They do absolutely amazing work taking a look at a wide variety of markets. And coming up here in the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm going to go through what I like in terms of Thursday Night Football and just talk a little bit about the Wild Card Series in the MLB as well. Next here on VSIN, Esports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The temperature might be cooling off, but the fall sports are heating up on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. For pro football, college football, basketball, hockey, list goes on and on. And now is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers because new bettors they will receive up to five hundred dollars in free bets when they make a first-time deposit using the code Sports. Go to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today, as it is a whole new game. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience here on Beast and the Sports Betting Network. Great to get Brad Thomas and Scott Reichel on. Scott does amazing work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Brad over at NBC Sports Bet. Took a look at a little bit of everything. College football, NFL, golf, EPL. We checked all the boxes. I'll give you a little bit of baseball here. There's unfortunately going to be no DK Nation pick today because, well, we don't have any games for Thursday. That'll be returning on Friday. Have no fear there. But that said, we're going to be taking a look at just the one game for baseball that I have not taken a look at that we're starting to see some numbers come out for in terms of Padres versus Mets. I'll take you through what I like in terms of for me, a little bit of a hard-to-handicap Thursday night football game, but I think that we've unearthed a little bit of value there. And for those of you guys who are listening live, coming up next is going to be a replay of the Greg Peterson experience. If you're listening to the replay, follow the money. That comes your way, Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern. So let's close with a bang, and let's take a look at what we're seeing right now in terms of the Mets versus Padres game, game one of the wild card that is going to be going down on Friday. Mets are between a minus-135 to a minus-140 favorite. Between plus-115 and plus-128 is the number on the Padres. Total on this game is six, and you're just getting down to a point of no return when the total is six. I mean, boy, I was talking about this with six halves. When you get to a four to three, that's a winner on a six half. Now at a six, if you get a four to two game, that's a push, and you really need to be, to utilize a poker term, hitting runner-runner in order to be able to get these games under. I mean, you need everyone to be pitching a relatively flawless game. You're just getting down too low, plus extra innings. I mean, if you have like a 2-2 to game, you can still have this game going to extra innings. And that's one thing that you do want to note with the MLB playoffs. No more of the stupid ghost runner rule, and I'm sure that many of us can rejoice over that. You're going to be getting good, clean baseball. They go to the 20th inning. They go to the 20th inning. Baseball the way that it should be played, so... I'm very happy about that, but when it comes to the start, for Max Scherzer, a little bit shaky last time out against the Atlanta Braves. He did give up a pair of home runs, so that is a little bit of an issue, but by and large, I think they should be able to do a solid job against the San Diego Padres, but what I think is so important to keep in mind with the Padres is that their offensive numbers, they are suppressed a little bit because their own ballpark, it is Petco Park, and it's one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks that you're going to find in all of baseball, and you can just see from their home and road splits that this is a much more dynamic offense when they are on the road rather than at home. 3.7 runs per game at home, 5 runs per game on the road. As a matter of fact, the only team averaging more runs per game than the San Diego Padres on the road, that's the LA Dodgers. So this is actually a Padres team that the, uh, shall we say, slander for this offense it should not be when they are on the road. When they're at Petco, it certainly has been a little bit of a deplorable situation. And when it comes to the San Diego Padres, they do a solid job of having a lot of guys that they do an okay job of moving the line. Hassam Kim, Jake Cronenworth, Juan Soto, all these guys are in between about a 238 to 250. Now, they're paying much more than what they are getting in terms of guys like 
a Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, along with Soto, who they acquired at the trade deadline. But Manny Machado has been a main concept for this team. Over 30 home runs. He's been able to darn near a 300. So maybe they will do a solid job on that front. And then the power numbers obviously go up a little bit when you get away from Petco Park as well. You take a look at the team on the road thus far this season. And in terms of home runs on a per-game basis, it's been quite a bit better when they have been on the road rather than at home. But I mean, you just take a look at someone like a Will Myers, who's been hitting above a 300 on the road. He's been significantly better than when he's been at home. I, I was mentioning Hassam Kim a little bit earlier, hitting about a 250 for the season. That goes up to more like a 270 on the road. And they're facing off against a New York Mets team, in which the bullpen has been dealing with a little bit of an ailment because Tommy Hunter, one of their better sixth, seventh inning guys, currently out of the fold. Now, Seth Lugo, sub three ERA ever since the All Star break. And you do have someone in Edwin Diaz who has been an amazing closer for the team. For the Padres, they did get back Nobel Christmas, but. Strangely, they had him throw four innings in game 162, so he is not going to be available for this game. Good news is Josh Hader has looked quite a bit more solid. He has had nine consecutive appearances in which he has not allowed an earned run. Was a victim of an earned run, but that is helping him out quite a bit. And then for the New York Mets, the offense is a little bit hit or miss, but I do think that they're going to be able to generate three runs in this game because you do have... Still a pair of guys with 100-plus RBI in Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso. Alonso cranked out 40 home runs this season. These two gentlemen, you're able to throw in there. Mark Canna, Brandon Nimmo, all in between about a 260 to a 275. Jeff McNeil, ultimate guy moving the line, hitting a 325. And for you, Darvish, he does have some rather demonstrative home and road splits. Now, I will give you, Darvish, this. He is coming into this game having pitched really the best on the road that he has since becoming a San Diego Padre. 260 home ERA compared to a 350 ERA on the road overall for the season. But been able to do a solid job in his last five starts. Has given up five home runs over the course of his last five starts, but also a 225 ERA overall in those spots. So other than giving up the solo run, he's been able to do a good job. And for you, Darvish, he's made two starts against the New York Mets. 14 innings pitch. He has given up one run. I do think that there's going to be some negative regression to that, but he has been able to have quite a bit of success against this lineup. I don't think that it's necessarily going to be lasting. And I do think that the Mets, they've got a little bit better bullpen just with the six. It's just too low for me to take this total under. I'm going to be taking a look at the over end. With the Mets, set them more around a minus 155 favorite because Matt Max Scherzer, he's sort of the been there, done that sort of guy in Darvish. I mean, we can all... Say what we want about the Astros scandal a few years ago in the World Series, but in some of these bigger games, he has come up less than nails, to say the least. And now, let's take a look at what we've all got in terms of Thursday Night Football. It is going to be the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos doing battle for the spread. You're seeing pretty much a clean divide between three and three and a half. If you're getting a three and a half, you're going to be getting more around even money and minus 105 delay that if you're looking at a three in most spots, sands really the South point out here in Las Vegas where they do everything humanly possible to give you a minus 110 line. You're going to be laying some juice with that three and the total on this game is 42. When it comes to the spread, I have not fired in on it. If I had to take a position just because I'm looking more at the injuries of the Indianapolis Colts and it's just putting me off this team more and more having to deal with both Jonathan Taylor and also Shaq, your main linebacker. That is not a great situation to be in. Well, with the Denver Broncos, obviously, Mr. Williams being out the backfield, that is not going to be able to help them out as well. But I do think that the Colts are a little bit more decimated. I'm right now seeing Matt Ryan to throw an interception at minus 125. And that's personally where I'm leaning because you've got a Broncos secondary that they're doing an absolutely terrific job of being able to bottle things up. You've got Pat Sertan Jr. along with Kareem Jackson. They're able to do a good job 
in that secondary. And these are still a bunch of guys that they do a good job of bearing down and they're able to rush the passer. Bradley Chubb is just absolutely amazing for this team. The just front seven in general is able to do a good job. You've got a road grader and DJ Jones who's able to do a nice job of being able to prevent the run. So I do think that it's going to be a situation where Naheem Hines is going to have a tough time getting anything going whatsoever for the Indianapolis Colts. And with Russell Wilson, just in taking a look back at that game against the Raiders, he was able to get a little bit more generated. And the Broncos, I think, had a little bit of a better showing than the final score would indicate because if it wasn't for that scoop and score, and well, that's part of the reason why you get put off by the Broncos as well. More carries for Melvin Gordon, who's put the ball on the turf four times this season. That's not necessarily too terrific. It's not even like he's looking like Melvin, vintage Melvin Gordon. He's rushed for 26 yards or fewer on a total of 15 carries the last two weeks. So that's not too terrific. But when it comes to the Broncos, you do have some good options to be able to throw to. You still have Jerry Judy. You still have Cortland Sutton. Both of these guys doing a very solid job. I would argue that he could use a little bit more of a suitable tight end option for our good friend Russell Wilson as they just haven't been able to get anything generated from the TE spot this season. But for Russell Wilson, he's been able to do a nice job of being able to protect the ball. I would not want a interception prop on him, even though the front seven of the Indianapolis Colts, I do think that they're going to be able to pair down with Quiddy Pay and company. If I'm looking at anything on this total, I would be taking a look at the under, but I do think that we're starting to get down a little bit too low. And then also, just in terms of the Denver Broncos, they do have that home field advantage. They're a very poorly coached team with Nathaniel Hackett just having no idea what he's doing whatsoever in terms of clock management. But if I'm looking anywhere on the spread, I'd be looking at the Broncos laying three. But with that said, I personally have not fired out on that. What I really like in this game is Matt Ryan to be able to throw an interception because with Matt Ryan, he has been just a pick machine. He's already thrown five this season. He's throwing an interception day in and day out. And when it comes to Matt Ryan... He is now without his running back, which means that ball's going to be going in the air a little bit more with Naheem Hines behind center. So I do like him to throw an interception at minus 125. And what else I like is giving out a pro tip here on VSIN as we do one every hour on the network. So you get 20 per day, vsin.com slash subscribe to be able to get all those pro tips. And my true pro tip for this one, when it comes to wild game, wild card series in Major League Baseball, Avoid betting on the series props. You're going to get a better payout if you just bet this game by game. You get more protection. You're able to break down every matchup. Just avoid the series prices when it comes to the wild card round. You're going to get a better payout if they, the team that you think is going to be able to win does it in two out of three games. And coming up next, follow the money here on VEASAN Esports Betting Network at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. VEASAN introduces three new weekend shows to get football bettors ready for the action. Saturdays at 8 p.m., the Football Contest Show gives the latest strategy and updates for season-long Survivor players and the legendary Contest from Circus Sportsbook. Sundays at Sportsbook. Sundays at Sportsbook. Sundays at Sportsbook. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.